The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M-I-Z. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Dallas back surgeon Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also joining us is Caleb. Wait, Caleb's not here. Colin, where's Caleb? Well, this is um, a new tradition, according to Caleb, but uh, some fellows he met on the internet, some good friends, Mm -hmm. they're going on an annual hunting trip. Okay. I saw him right before I came over, but there was no guns or uh, camouflage or ammunition, for that matter. Just uh, Caleb in his uh, skinny jeans and a fishnet top mm-hmm. headed to a hunting trip. Uh-huh. So. You use quotes, air quotes. Right. <laughs> the listeners can't see that, but yeah. Yeah. You, so. you look skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. I, I am skeptical of his sexuality. <laughs> well, we were. Uh, I was listening to the intro here, and it's all football clips because this is a football show. Yeah. We like to say. But uh, this is probably going to be the least football heavy Mazadcast we've done ever. Yeah. So uh, it's it's basketball season, the heart of basketball season. We just got done watching the Mizzou versus Kentucky matchup. High hopes for this game because... Because uh, we beat Kentucky. Yeah, we had beaten Kentucky before. When we were good at basketball. Yeah, there was a time, and it didn't seem like all that long ago that we were, what they say, good at basketball. Well, the crazy thing, it doesn't seem like that long ago we were this team getting our shit kicked in when we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And then we became straight. a good team, mm-hmm. and then we became a bad team again. Very streaky team. Mm-hmm. Lose five straight. Like, much like Caleb's underpants. <laughs> yeah, very streaky. Yeah, so Michael Porter Jr. had uh, his long-awaited medical appointment in Dallas and was cleared for basketball contact play. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first game he went down and uh, wore actual basketball jersey and was, you know, available to play basketball. Yeah. So we were looking for that number one player in the nation. Well, I mean, you've got a team that's uh, kind of down on its luck right now, mm-hmm. not playing very well. And, uh, boy, I can't think of a possible scenario that could uh, help a team out in this situation than, you know, adding the best player in the nation. Sure, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah. That's a plan I'd go with. Yeah, it seems helpful. But uh, he only had the opportunity, really, to get one practice in before we went down to Kentucky for this game. We played, and... This team doesn't even look like they practice. <laughs> None of them, not just Michael Porter. Yeah, I mean, so I, the, that, that argument, I find... I don't know. Frustrating might be the word I would use. It's Yeah, so obviously Michael Porter Jr. did not play in that game. We lost handily. What was the final score of this one, Colin? 66 to 88. Yeah, we had the 66. 
We played as poorly as we have for the last three games. The big difference was that we were playing against an actual good opponent. We'd lost to LSU mm-hmm. and Ole Miss, two of the worst teams in the conference at the moment. Question. Yes. Where would this team be without Cassius Robinson? He scored 26 points and can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Oh, he's a, he has played himself into a professional career. I'm not saying he'll be an NBA star, mm-hmm. but at the very least, this guy will probably make seven figures in Europe. Yeah, he's... He is the star of this team without question. Uh, another guy who got a lot of minutes was Cullen Vandersex. Sure, we all know him. Uh, I looked at the uh, Sharp box, shooter. Yeah, box score, and he had zero points for the night. Yeah, consistent. Zero. And, uh, yeah, so we looked very, very bad. We missed free throws, as we've been doing. And the question is, should Michael Porter Jr. have played? And uh, I have a very firm answer on this. I say, yes, absolutely, he should have played. Oh, fuck. It's so ridiculous. And I'm not saying he should have played 40 minutes. I'm just saying... Give him some minutes. Yeah, well, he's cleared for contact. So the thinking being that he is now healthy. Right. As healthy as he was before surgery, as healthy as he was a year from ago, playing high school basketball, healthy. Yeah, that's what, so, that's what an actual doctor said. Yeah, healthy. so, Can't yeah, that's not, those aren't my words. Don't, don't come at me, don't at me, you fucking assholes who are all in on, we should protect him like a precious Faberge egg because he might have an NBA career. Now, he's gonna have an NBA career. But his injury is not life-threatening. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's going to go out there and play and re-injure his back and end up in a fucking wheelchair, FDR style, for the rest of his fucking life. That's not an option. Well, you know, any player at any time can get injured, and if we're going to treat everyone like a Fabergé egg, then they shouldn't <laughs> play basketball in the first place. Yeah, no, precious, precious. He's so precious and fragile. So the argument is that he, he was rusty because he hasn't practiced but one time. But here's the thing. What better practice than live game play is there. Especially when you're down by 20. Right. When I mean, you got wow in the game. Yeah. It's like, is he... Well, that's in the other argument that he shouldn't play. Disrupt team chemistry, which is the most asinine of all the arguments, because, like I said, if Rao can disrupt the chemistry, why can't Michael Porter... What chemistry? I watched them literally pass off of someone's back tonight. Yeah, they did that. That (laughs) seemed to be a thing that we do now. Uh, It didn't turn out well, but, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And... Colin, I'll preface this because I'm not a basketball coach and never have been. But what I do know of basketball is, and this has always been a philosophy of mine since I was a young man. Word. If you have the number one player in the country, or I don't know, top five, you play that person. That person should play ball. That's now, a, I know that's a crazy that, controversial it's controversial, to yeah. I know it's controversial. Yeah. But when you have the best player, you play him. Because, God Brandon, damn. I want to stay away from, you know, Topics like abortion mm-hmm. and religion yeah. and bold statements like that. Let's mm-hmm. not alienate anyone with this. Mm-hmm. No, okay. we have fuck off. Let's alienate lots of people. Well, they're really not lots of people because I think 99% of fans are us going, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he here? Why are, why are we sitting him on the bench? We and, fly him down to Lexington, Kentucky. We put a uniform on him. Put him in the game. You know, and, and, and then there's this small contingent of assholes who are going to come at us on Twitter going, you got to protect him. Or why would you, NBA, blah, blah, blah. Just a, a fucking cavalcade of turds of fucking excuses for the reasons he's not playing. I don't have a responsibility to Michael Porter Jr. His, that's his dad's job. And neither do you, fucktard on Twitter. My responsibility or loyalty is to this basketball team because I don't root for Michael Porter Jr. I root for the Missouri Tigers. At the end of the day, if it helps the Tigers, that's where I'm at. This asinine opinion that we have some responsibility to protect Michael Porter Jr. from himself. From what? Protect him from what? Again, he is healthy. He's a 19-year-old young man who a a doctor who performed surgery on him said, you can go play basketball. 
It, but he so, hasn't practiced enough. Well, it, so which is it? You know what I mean? Is it that he, uh, we're worried that he's going to get hurt? Because if he's going to, if he's worried he's going to get hurt, he could get hurt anytime. He could get hurt misstepping on the curb, going to class. Any of those things could happen. But he's here to play basketball. He wants to play basketball. He, the doctor says he's healthy. Let him play basketball. If it, the argument is that he's not, that he's too rusty and he can't play basketball because he hasn't had enough practice. What the fuck? We got Colin Van Leer and Colin Van Leer. At his height, yeah, at his yeah. best, and Reed Nico, any of these guys who, you know, at the... I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At the apex of their powers yeah. is way worse than Michael Porter Jr., who is rusty. Get the kid in. And like you said, when we're losing by 20, and it doesn't fucking matter anyway, who's rusty and who's not? Ugh. Get him in a few minutes. Get him some real live action in front of Rupp Arena, a real crowd, and a real game. And then when it comes to the tournament time, he's got a little actual live Sometimes practice. Sometimes I feel like this is just coaches feeling like they have to stick their thumb in the fans' eyes a little bit because they want this so badly. And they, and they want to say that we're smarter than the fans. Yeah, which, listen, granted, most people are smarter than me. And Conzo Martin probably counts among them. This just makes no sense. I mean, it makes no sense. You're You're... Quickly putting yourself on the NCAA bubble instead of in the tournament. Oh, um, we're firmly on the bubble at this and point. And then, you know, you, you lose three straight games. You Four. You, four. You're, listen, every coach, every team in America, if they're in this circumstance where their team is floundering, what would, if they had a bag full of wishes, what would the first wish they would pull out of that bag be? Have I'm the guessing best player on the country. Yeah, have the best player in the country play for you. Mm-hmm. Come back and have a doctor say, he's ready to play. Put him in. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, so Michael Porter has not been cleared for contact, which means he's not like scrimmaging with the team in practice. He had been cleared for activity. Like he'd been dunking, he'd been shooting, he probably had been participating in some sort of physical therapy program. I mean, it wasn't like he was smoking Pall Mall cigarettes and drinking Tall Boys this whole time. Mm. You know, he's not, he, he's not 20 pounds overweight. You know, like he's 19 mm-hmm. and yeah. a fucking physical specimen. 
what are we doing? What are we talking about? Yeah. It, and so then the question is, does he play against Vanderbilt? Does he play against Arkansas? Does he play in the SEC tournament? Does he play college basketball again? If he's not going to play college basketball again, I think he would do the team a good service to say it. And well, say, that, look, that's know, my thought is like, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have these conversations. He's going to be quickly go from the savior of Mizzou and the biggest story that ever happened or will happen to this university in the next 25 years to probably someone who's roundly disliked for all the crazy, cagey little, you know, Instagram posts and like getting people's hopes up and dressing out and doctor's appointments and it's all wrapped around him. And granted, a lot of that is not his fault. But, and then never plays another minute for Mizzou. That is going to be a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But at least at this point, it's not the onus is not to me on Michael Porter Jr. The onus is on Conzo Martin and his, you know, whatever his theory is behind not playing the best player in the country as soon as he is physically available to play. I have no doubt in my mind that if you ask Michael Porter Jr. if he wants to get out there and play, he'd say yes. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he says that. Ninety nine percent of the fans say that, and then there's just a small contingency that looks like a got a face on him, like a. Quaker to titty bar when you tell him, like, well, I think you should play. What? Mm-hmm. Would protect his precious spinal cord. His spinal cord is fine. I get you. I guarantee his spinal cord is in better shape than yours or mine. <laughs> I promise you it is. <laughs> so, I don't know. We're very frustrated because I, I don't have a, I have not heard a single argument that really holds water that he couldn't have played tonight, but he didn't play tonight. That's a fact. We've lost four in a row. That's frustrating. Let's just have a small conversation before we go to the break about the basketball team, aside from the guy who is not playing. Mm-hmm. Geist is going to make my hair fall out. Yeah. Um, now, let's put this in perspective. Geist is in the game because we've gone through three better point guards. Terrence Phillips is obviously a... Uh, a monster. A sexual monster. <laughs> sexual predator. <laughs> He's a monster. That's, I mean, this is what we're hearing. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. I threw that word allegedly in there. Everybody take note. And, uh, obviously CJ Roberts didn't like what Conzo was doing. He left the team early. Blake Harris mm-hmm. seemed like a crybaby. He left the team. Now we've got Geist and Geist is quite flawed. We know that going in. Yeah. So maybe we hold our criticism a little bit about Geist, but, but, but <laughs> we're not using Geist like he's a fourth point guard option. We're using him like he's the star of our team. Yeah. We lost to Ole Miss in overtime in a game that we was, I would say the worst loss of the season. Uh, Old Miss is at the bottom of the SEC rankings right now. We were at home and we had a chance to win in overtime or at least tie. And our option was to have Geist run like a crazy person at the rim, throw up a desperation layup and get nowhere near the rim. Yeah. And of course, on top of the fact that we missed all kinds of free throws, but why in the name of God is Geist our best Geist option? Is, in that Geist option? is, he, he was the last shot tonight again, too, he, although it didn't make any difference. He's the, uh, he's the witter of our basketball team. He is overexposed. But my problem is, is that I feel like Conzo Martin is enabling this, like telling Geist he's the, I mean, he has got to be on the court. Yeah. It's it's not Geist's fault for being Geist. But Conzo has been wildly complimentary of him. Um, and I, I think he wants Geist to take a bigger role on the team. And I think that is a mistake, you know, and then, you know, so Geist is overexposed. It's easy to dump on him because he's done some very stupid things, but he's also played well and he's not a bad player. So, you know, I don't know where I'm at on Geist. And then you got Jonte. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonte is an extremely skilled young man and a, and, and, a, and a child, really. I mean, despite the fact that he's a looks like a full grown man, he is a child. Yeah, and he should be a senior in high school. We yes, don't know this. 
but he is soft. I'm like, how many times I got to watch him get near the basket and try some dipsy do finger roll or fadeaway jump shot or just or pass off someone's back or just like yeah, also finds himself driving to the paint and the only one defender in front of him stopping, put put on the Jake break and looking for an outlet pass. Go to the basket. I I feel like somebody needs to pass him a note that says you're six ten. Six eleven. Okay. Make it that note. <laughs> yeah. Either way, somebody, t- somebody let him know. Yeah. And so, yeah, Porter's good. Jonte Porter's good. He's flawed with his youth and his. his I'm sick of hearing what a great passer he is. <laughs> I want to see him dunk the fucking basketball once he didn't in a while. He pass well tonight. And then we've got Tillman, who obviously is a really strong freshman. Ooh, as well. you want to see that, hear that line from tonight for Tillman, yeah. by the way? Sure. Let's hear it. Five points. Okay. One rebound, 13 minutes, five fouls. So obviously, Tillman's <laughs> story all year long is that he's always in foul trouble. He's yes. constantly getting in foul trouble. Some of them have been phantom fouls that the refs seem to pick on him. Others are that he is just raw and a little clumsy, and he's just a big, strong kid, and he's a little too aggressive, and he gets himself in foul trouble, and he's constantly taking himself out of these games. Ugh. I do have some questions 13 about... 13 minutes, and so... I have some questions about how you use a kid who gets into foul trouble, because... We take him out early in the first half, and then we don't see him again until the second yeah. half. So we'll sit him out for 13 minutes of the first half, hoping that he doesn't get that third foul. Mm-hmm. But part of me wonders if it's just risk the third foul and give him some more minutes. Yeah, you know, is that the best policy to sit him for well over? Especially half the when game? the game is slipping through your fingers. Yeah, and you know, he like, did foul out tonight. Ugh. It's so frustrating. We've got a bunch of talented kids, and it's always worth noting that we're. Twice as good already than we were last year or any of the last three years. The, the amount of difference is dramatic. But after four straight losses, two of which we should have easily won, this is, we're in a really frustrating spot. And then we've got this guy on the sidelines who he's sure he's going to have flaws too because he is rusty. But god damn. Yeah, we just, we lack depth. We have no point guard. We can um, give ourselves you know, depth by playing the best player in the country. That might be an option. Well, I know, but like I said, we got we got no point guard. We've got or you know Tillman who can't stay in the game, and the creature from the Jizz Lagoon, fucking Nico Reed's got to come in. And I love Nico. Reed Nico. Incorrect. Reed Nico. <laughs> Staying on brand. You know, now we've got Cullen Van Leer. Uh, Vandersex. Vandersex. Incorrect. Nico, Rao at some points on the fucking floor. I mean, it's like, these are not mm-hmm. players you want. On the floor, we're going to see Mitchell Smith before we see Porter. Yeah, it's starting to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Purrier and Barnett, who are do David Copperfield-esque um, disappearing, disappearing acts, acts for, and t- for stretches of games. Yeah, and then Barnett, Barnett will come out and score 25 and hit you know six for eight from three-point line. You go, God, I love Barnett. Mm-hmm. And then you two games later, you're going, did Barnett get kicked off the team? Is he still on the team? Yeah. And what gets me, too, is because Tillman is so strong under the hoop. When he gets it down low, he can jam it in. we all have seen it, and it's Ooh. always exciting. But we seem so out of position on rebounds on the offensive glass One of the things so I've noticed times. in our uh, I guess when we're jacking up threes, that happens. Is we have not been playing defense the way we had been. Like, Mizzou went on this little winning streak, and it was kind of predicated on the fact that um, they were turning these games into rock fights. They were playing tough-nosed defense. They were getting the lead and then trying very hard to blow the lead in the games, but protecting it ultimately. And, you know, these games have been high scoring uh, that they're losing. They are out of position. Vandersex tonight just, I don't know how many times I didn't watch him close out on a three. Yeah. He, he, he is he gets his, fooled when somebody drives uh, low. Somebody drives the lane. Uh, he drops down. Vandersex 
you know, is chases after him as if he's going to beat his shot against the backboard and then gets beat when that guy kicks out to the guy he's supposed to be guarding, mm-hmm. and that guy hits the three. Somebody needs to tell him we do have two guards who are uh, 6'10 plus. Yeah, those forwards. Two forwards that are 6'10 plus. We don't need Van Leer to come down and help every time. <laughs> Watch the arc. That's where <laughs> yeah. they burned us, because Kentucky shot the lights out. Ole Miss shot the lights out. Yeah. And just maybe un- a few less uncontested shots yeah. would be would be pretty cool. Yeah, you think you, you can get around to that uh, Vandersex, we'd appreciate it. So the question comes down to Conzo, because there's a, some debate. There's a lot of people already, I've noticed, who are get really aggravated about Conzo Martin. Um, there's other people that are like, what are you talking about? I mean, Conzo Martin, we're 18 and 8 or 18 and 9, 18 and 10, I guess now, and uh, we had eight wins last year. Yeah. you got to give the guy credit where credit is due. But there are things like, for instance, our pre- inability to break the press in close games. That does appear to come down to coaching. He's maybe because it's better. Like, maybe pick, have a few picks or screens yeah. to inbound the ball. Yeah. It doesn't, it's pretty yeah, when basic. I in, when I was in playing high school basketball, we had inbounds plays for press breaking. And I haven't, I don't know, do they have a play? I've never necessarily seen a play. Yeah. Where people I, set screens and then say, they the seem to just run out. Or, the, 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 Play seems to be run around like a chicken with your head cut off, and then when you do get the ball, run yourself into a trap immediately yeah. and throw the ball away. Well, but if that is the play they're doing, it they're executing. That's true. You they're executing. That's true. you got to give them that. But uh, the other thing about the, the coaching is like the last-minute plays, you know, the last possession plays where we give it to Geist, and Geist you know, throws up a desperation shot that has no prayer when we do have a Cassius Robertson who scored 26 points tonight. And can shoot from anywhere on the yeah. floor. Now people say, well, Cassius Robertson turns the ball over a lot, but yes, he does. He also but scores he also, 26 points. He also scores 26 points. Geist doesn't, Geist can turn it over and not score yeah, points. Yeah, he can turn it over the best of them. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, there's some obvious things we're not doing. Conzo also is way too conservative with timeouts. And it's like the team will get, be getting a fisting. And he was just—he'll just sit there with his arms crossed. I'm like, call a timeout, get yeah. these guys' heads the, back in the game. In the first half, when it was starting to get away from us a little bit, I was like, this was when a good coach would call a timeout. We did not call a timeout, Mm-mm. and yeah, so it's frustrating. Obviously, when you lose games, it's easy to go after the coach because you see things that aren't going well. But it's time to turn this thing around. We did it once, and we've got Vanderbilt and Arkansas next, two winnable games supposedly to get us. Maybe towards the tournament and put us in. We were at one point looking to get a first round bye in the SEC tournament. I think we can yeah. kiss that goodbye yep. now. So uh, we'll be playing on Wednesday in the tournament. But uh, you know, goddamn, just make some simple, fix some simple things like making free throws, uh, get the, the ball inbounds on the press. You know, maybe we're not ever going to win in Kentucky at Rupp Arena, but we're not going to get blown out by 20, 25 points either. Mm-hmm. You know, just. Uh, it, it, we're so streaky. It's incredibly difficult. But we said this before the season ever started. Yeah, I think you could pull up the audio. Mm-hmm. That this is going to be a team that's going to be really exciting and also really frustrating because we're going to lose the teams we shouldn't lose to and we're going to beat teams we should, shouldn't beat. And this is exactly what's happened. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, my literal words were, this is a team that's going to beat Kentucky one night and then lose to Old Miss the next. And they're mm-hmm. going to be frustrating because they're young and all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we find ourselves. Colin, I think we should take a break because we, we're clearly frustrated. I think mm-hmm. fans may want to listen to this because they're just as frustrated. Yeah, they're going to – I feel like this is uh, going to be cathartic because I can't imagine people watch this game and don't – like I said, most of them don't feel like we feel right now. And if you do come at us with arguments on why Michael Porter Jr. shouldn't be playing right away, have good arguments because the arguments we've heard so far have been shit. 
Yeah, so, if if it's he should protect his NBA career, what's that to you? Yeah, that, that's not a coach's job. His coach's job is to win now with the team he's coaching, not to look forward to some player's NBA career down the road. And also, that's really Michael Porter Jr.'s job, or like he said, his dad's job. If, and if if he wants to play, then. He should play because he's already decided about his NBA career and he the, wants to play. The, I think playing would help his NBA prospects. It doesn't matter the sport, football, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be. To me, the dumbest fans in the world are the fans who who root for players and not for their teams or their franchises or whatever. It's like you are rooting for a team. The players are interchangeable. You have a commitment to – you're a fan. You're a fanatic for the Mizzou Tigers or the Kansas City Chiefs or the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know. I just, I get so frustrated when people just go all in on the player Mm -hmm. and at the expense of the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if your argument is you care more about Michael Porter Jr. than the Mizzou Tigers, then I don't, we don't have anything to talk about. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go to our break. We got a lot to talk about tonight because there's several things going on. Like I said, it's not a lot going on football wise, but we do have a little bit of news. Some really interesting things actually on the women's basketball side of things Mm -hmm. off the court. Yeah. We'll have to talk about also uh, speaking of off the court, there was an FBI investigation going on about men's college basketball writ large. And uh, they had the time to get to all that with the, you know, all that Russia stuff. That's right. So, but we have a lot of thoughts on that as well. And then, of course, there was some basketball recruiting news going on as well. And as always, we will bring you Kansas news. So it's mm. an action-packed show, given the fact that it's late February and yeah. it is the dead zone. Yeah, late February football. shows are the best shows. <laughs> so with that, this is the Mazakas. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. And we're back. Colin, uh, one thing we need to mention, I think, is that the SEC tournament is around the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mentioned it briefly, but we are going to be having our first live show at the Game 6 Honky Tonk in downtown St. Louis during the SEC tournament. And yeah. uh, so uh, we're all going to be there. We'd like to see you there as well. Yeah, if you're going to be in town for the tournament or mm-hmm. just happen to live in St. Louis, mm-hmm. come see us. It should be a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, Game 6 is hosting that event. Schlafly Beer will be sponsoring that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, yeah. the Tigers will have turned things around yeah, by then. People we- can see me uh, make wildly inappropriate off you know, color comments and live. Yeah, that would be exciting for a lot of people, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, get to St. Louis. Uh, I think it starts Wednesday night. We we haven't said exactly when we're going to record yet because we obviously don't want to record during a Mizzou game, and so we want to make sure that uh, we're doing it at a time where people can actually come and see it. Yeah, sure. And drink a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. Schlafly beer. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we talked about uh, basketball, and one thing we briefly alluded to was the fact that Yahoo Sports uh, revealed some documents that they have uh, had obtained from the federal investigation going on in across college basketball about 
illegal pain of recruits and players to come to some of the biggest blue chip programs in the country. Yep. And all the names on that list are the ones you might expect. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, and uh, some little town just west of Kansas City as a team as well. I saw well, a couple of their players. Looks like they had also received the money. Yeah. I hope they are ready to vacate some wins. Oh, nothing would be greater in my mind yeah. than uh, Kansas having to throw away wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas disgustingly won tonight, which gives them, I think, their 14th Big 12 uh, conference championship, yeah. which is uh, neither here nor there to anyone. No, do they do they have to vacate those when they'll well, obviously that uh, is to be determined, isn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, one thing was uh, Knox, who we had uh, recruited heavily to Mizzou and ultimately went to Kentucky, is one of the players listed as receiving quite a bit of money, and Kentucky elected to play him tonight. Yeah, and I guess their thought being. Like, ah, uh, we're cooked. In for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, we're cooked anyway. Let's get what we can out of this kid. <laughs> so they did, and, yeah, you know, it. this is going to be the biggest story in college basketball in, in the last 50 years. And uh, make uh, Kim Anderson shine like a diamond in a goat's ass, because <laughs> uh, he was uh, squeaky clean, I guess. You know? Yeah, so obviously, you know, Kim Anderson had three horrible, atrocious years mm-hmm. here at Mizzou. Yep. But one thing he did do was kept Mizzou off that list of teams yep. who had been paying players. Well, if he was paying players, he was doing a terrible job of it. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, ultimately, it could have, you know, we could have absorbed those three bad years and it could look really good for Mizzou because one thing we're already seeing is that some of these players who had promised to go to some of these schools are having second thoughts. Louisville had to vacate their 2013 national championship because of Which is just their own no infractions. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and so there was a player by the name Courtney Ramey, a four-star recruit, a point guard out of St. Louis, who Mizzou had looked at heavily. He had uh, promised to go to Louisville and has since backed off of that commitment. And Missouri offered him a scholarship this week. And yeah. so that got some eyebrows raised that maybe he could be coming to Mizzou. And obviously we're in need of point guard help. Ugh. We did recruit a kid named Xavier Pension, Pinson, a three-star point guard out of Chicago. And, but you know, we need all the guards we can get at this yep. point, especially yep. with Cassius Robinson, our best player being a senior and being gone, our graduate transfer. Ugh. So anyway, you know, it, there's going to be tremendous shakeup. And the rumor is, you know, that it could affect, teams actually around the NCAA tournament time. I don't know that that's going to happen because investigations via the NCAA or the federal government move at a snail's pace. So, you know, I don't know if it will actually affect the actual March Madness tournament or not, but it should it, it will be crazy. Well, I think it's, I mean, Kansas is obviously super, super dirty. I mean, they right. were, before this even came out, there's one player that was gotten a wreck in a car that didn't belong to him, and nobody mm. could figure out who it belonged to. Gosh darn! Yeah. Yep, and, and uh, Kansas uh, got nothing for that. Yep, and uh, but th- that kid's not playing. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then uh, and and my thing is, is does, are we expected to believe that the program knew nothing about right. this and uh, that that Kyle knows nothing about Knox? You know, having a you know carrying around. Bags of money with dollar signs on them, like mm-hmm. Scrooge McDuck. That's right. Yeah, the Monopoly man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Knox showed up to their campus with a top hat and a monocle. Yeah, and he's yeah like, oh, I, I didn't know where that. where that came from. Kansas has cheated for years. I mean, dating back to Wilt Chamberlain driving around brand new cars. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, in the late fifties. You know, that's what Kansas does. They cheat. They're a yeah. bunch of cheaters. They're terrible people. Yeah, they uh, welcome cheating. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if anything finally happens to that horrible, horrible program yeah. in that horrible, horrible state. Cheating is as welcome as a pack of Marlboro Reds 
wrapped in a disability check in Kansas. <laughs> Kansas would climb all over that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that, I'm eager to see where that goes, and we'll be following that closely, obviously. Uh, closer to home, the uh, women's basketball team we also mentioned had uh, had a scuffle with South Carolina a while back, mm-hmm. and that really flared up when Jim Sterk went on a radio st- uh, interview and said that the, the said a bunch of really true things. Yeah, that's right. He said fans had spit at his team and said racial slurs towards them. And the big crux of that interview was when he said that Don Staley, the South Carolina women's basketball coach, had fostered the environment that allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that got South Carolina fans very upset. Must have gotten Don Staley upset too because she sued Jim Sterk this week. Mm-hmm. The SEC actually fined Jim Sterk twenty five thousand dollars for uh, for those comments. And, you know, frankly, if those comments <laughs> prove to be true, I don't know what the fine is for. I think the SEC just doesn't like two teams going at each other's yeah, throat this yeah. heavily. Sure. But uh, the, the South Carolina governor stepped in and tweeted that uh, Mizzou owed South Carolina and Don Staley an apology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that will not be forthcoming. Because uh, apparently that's what the government has to do in South Carolina. That's the time they have to vote to women's basketball. Yep. Um, that really terrifies us all. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, governor had to weigh in, yeah. idiot. So it, it, this is very interesting. because Though I'm not sure we have a lot of ground to stand on when it comes to idiot governors. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the love gov here in Missouri. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, we had three big news items in one day. Michael Porter Jr. was cleared. Or as we tweeted out, who is clean to plat? <laughs> yeah. Um, we had the governor who was indicted for blackmailing a woman by taking nude photos of her, and then we had, of course, the uh, lawsuit by Don Staley of Jim Sterk. So it was a heavy news day. Yeah. This week for uh, the people in Missouri. But yeah, Bill Cosby's like, where was this news story? We <laughs> were these stories out a few weeks ago. <laughs> a year ago. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway. This is a, a, a spurious lawsuit. I mean, it, it would be up to Don Staley to prove that she didn't foster some sort of negative environment. I don't know how you prove that. Thus, I think the lawsuit will be thrown out by yeah. a judge forthwith. It will. It'll be. It, it's unprovable. Thus, it's just a completely uh, ridiculous thing, and it's really just it's for bananas. headlines. It's, it's for headlines. Bananas, and it's to get the South Carolina fans riled up, which it has. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's are easy to rile? That's right. Kudos to her. You just tell. South Carolina fans, they're not allowed to own people. They get all worked up. Yeah, they, they haven't been big fans of that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and meanwhile, the women's basketball team itself, led by Sophie Cunningham, has uh, had the best season they've had, I think, since the early 1980s. Mm-hmm. And they look as good as any women's team we've seen at Mizzou, you know, as in our re- in our memories. Yeah. And so... No, we haven't been paying attention. <laughs> fair enough. So, you know, the... They hopefully will go deep in the tournament. It looks like they could play each other again in the SEC tournament, and that would be interesting. Yahoo. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the first uh, women's college basketball game I'll watch mm-hmm. ever, probably. <laughs> yeah, everybody should watch it. You know, one of the recent games drew 11,000 people to the arena, Damn. which is, you know, Kim Anderson would have been drooling at that yeah, kind of attendance. Sure. Yeah, so there's a lot of excitement surrounding that. So he may have been scared by that many people who could have confused it with a mob coming to uh, right you know, with pitchforks you know, and torches torches especially because he crowds fired bad maybe yeah. that's why he was like maybe he was intentionally tanking the team because he just scared of crowds you think that's what it was yeah it's a lot of theories yeah but i think that's the best one <laughs> yeah so and on top of that uh college baseball started mizzou's off to a hot start five and two now yeah they beat miami they beat miami handily down in florida and so that was exciting mm-hmm. they've taken two of three thus far against northeastern uh, the Boston School, and they've got another one on Sunday before the uh, opening day this next week 
at Taylor Stadium in Mizzou on the windy hill in which they play. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, it is windy. Yeah, I'm excited to get that going and freeze my ass off to watch some Mizzou baseball. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Mizzou baseball has been one team, I think, that has struggled transferring to the SEC more than any other program yeah. because SEC baseball teams are damn good. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't been. And so. we don't have a softball coach. Or we we do, but we yeah. we lost a softball coach a week before a season. We, do we, have we talked about them in the show? I don't I mean, think we did. And, you know, we had mentioned Aaron earlier, Wine, years ago, whenever he had that really awesome email exchange mm-hmm. with Missouri State coach. And uh, they just went at each other, and then yeah. that was sunshine. I think we had a little uh, live action read role play, yeah. yeah. So uh, he got fired right before the season started. No one's quite sure exactly I, what he did to well, get that. But. I mean, people that know follow the softball team and 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 all that and early wine much more than I do seem to have a. The consensus seems to me that he's a pretty good coach who's just completely an abrasive asshole. Mm-hmm. And when you're really winning a lot of games, being an abrasive asshole, I mean that can you can that can salve a lot of wounds. But uh, when you're not winning a lot of games, mm-hmm. um, he was still winning though. I mean, it, he was not doing poorly. I mean, it wasn't their best season last year, but they were still a very good team. But I mean, at some point, it's like you're a really it's like the Chiefs dumping their like best cornerback. I know you love when I talk Chiefs, but mm-hmm. it's like yeah, at some point you're on. just such an asshole that you leave people no choice. And yeah. early wine was obviously very abrasive. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, you know, Bobby Knight made a career out of being an asshole, but he won games. He won national championships. Mm-hmm. Early one didn't do that. Yeah. So, you know, at some point you can be like putting on a condom full of fire ants, but uh, you better be winning fucking baseball games to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's been a pretty action-packed offseason football-wise and otherwise because, you know, there's programs like softball and bas- women's basketball that we do rarely talk about uh, that uh, <laughs> had a lot of news. Yeah. And, you know, I think... We ne- we don't give wrestling their due because we don't follow wrestling at all. But yeah. they were fantastic again this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mazeltov, Mazeltov to you guys. Um, but uh, let's go to football news, Colin, because this is like we said a football podcast. Uh, the only piece of news that I really have to report, being as it's after National Signing Day, we're really just waiting for the spring game to get started. Is we signed our four star wide receiver out of Memphis named Shamar Nash, who is you know looks like a really good. Early commitment. Nash or Mash? Nash. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I just want to make sure I'm getting it right. You know how I'm, I'm stickler for names. Pretty. Yeah, I know. You're always making sure you get those names right. Yeah. So uh, that's a good sign for Barry Odom early. Uh, although, like you mentioned uh, off the air, Colin, plenty of time to uh, decommit. Yeah, sure. Until the uh, early signing period. Well, like I said, anytime you get a guy with four or more stars uh, this far away, you know, it, it, it just means, you know, USC hasn't offered yet. You know what well, I mean? So, or yeah. Ohio State or whomever. Not that he was, not that he's going to decommit, but mm. I just, again, until these guys are on campus, ready to play, yeah. I'm not going to. Well, and I know that he had received offers from the likes of like Tennessee and Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, some of these SEC yeah. schools, and he chose Missouri over all those schools. So that, look, that's a good feather in our cap early. We got better uniforms. <laughs> we do. We have rocking uniforms. So uh, anyway, that looks good for the Tigers. Hopefully, we got more of that to follow. It, you know, this will be the first real full season of an early signing period. Type of deal. I know we had it last year, but it would be good to get those guys locked up early, especially you know, so they don't have just as much time to reconsider. Well, and considering we have no four star recruits this year, I mean, the yeah. starting out the recruiting period with a four star recruit certainly doesn't look bad. I think mm-hmm. having people with stars makes other people with stars feel more comfortable about the decision. Yeah, I mean, you know, with Jamon Moore departing, I think getting a good wide receiver is a, always a good thing. Considering that, yeah, maybe he'll catch the ball. Yeah, this guy, you know, he's got four stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think. 
wide receivers often will play as freshmen more than some other positions. And, you know, I think he'd like to catch some Drew Lock passes. Mm-hmm. It's got to make everybody look good for their highlight reels. So, yeah, sure. You know, and, uh, anyway, it's, it's just so long till football season. Mm. So damn long. Uh, but on the basketball recruiting front for next year, we've talked and bitched and moan and bitched and moan about point guards. We mentioned Courtney Ramey had received an offer and Xavier Pinchin, another three star point guard. Uh, committing to Mizzou, it looks like, um, you know, Conzo has a good reputation for recruiting kids. And I think, you know, that's proving itself true. He's already recruiting stronger and faster than Kim Anderson ever did. Hopefully he's not, uh, giving big bags with the dollar bills on the outside of him, like you mentioned, Colin. Although I think some of that will have ceased at this point because, yeah. uh, so these programs have to be scared. But, uh, we're, you know, we're going to have holes to fill. Uh, I think we're going to have a Michael Porter Jr. sized hole to fill, although, it doesn't really matter since we don't play him anyway. Um, but the point guard position long well, term is like, what we really need to fill. Barnett and Purrier. Yeah. Uh, Purrier's a junior. Okay. Barnett will be gone. But Barnett's gone. Mm-hmm. Cassius is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, MPJ. Likely gone. Likely gone. Well, he's going to be gone. Yeah. And not like I said again, not that it matters because we, he's paid two full minutes for this team. But, uh, you know, there's some holes to fill. I mean, Jonte, they say could be gone. I mean, I guess theoretically he is available. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he would be, but it, I was reading on Twitter people that know more about basketball than me said that he would be eligible for the NBA. Though he is, like to this point, so soft, I can't imagine he is a, a legitimate target for uh, the NBA. Not yet. But, Not uh, yet. You know, you're gonna you're gonna lose some significant pieces, mm-hmm. and you're gonna need to fill those holes. And uh, I think part of that is like Kim Anderson did such a poor job that w- what we've got is a really young. You know, starting a really young foundation and some old guys and nothing in the middle. Right. You know, there's no meat in that sandwich. And so that could hurt us next year. Yeah. Um, We're looking at losing Cullen Van Leersen. <sighs> Brennan, don't even talk about it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard to take. I saw somebody tweet us on Twitter that, said that uh, if, if Michael Porter Jr. plays and he starts taking minutes from Cullen Van Leer, He's not. He's what well, he's done. Yeah. It, Do not take his minutes. We got strong Vandersex fans out yeah, there. Yep. So anyway, that's uh, you know looking forward. But I think when we, we're going to take our final break for the day, when we come back, we're obviously going to do Kansas news, but we're going to look forward to the state of the SEC for going up to the SEC tournament, who's in, who's out for the uh, March Madness tournament, and what Mizzou has to do to secure their spot. Last we saw, they were looking at like a seven seed. I think that's obviously going to drop after tonight. But uh, we do have two more games to get healthy before the tournament. So when we come back, we'll look at that and determine what Missouri has to do to land their first spot in the NCAA tournament in many years. This is the Mazzotcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine. And that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian and a true American buy you some Schlafly beer and get blackout, piss drunk responsibly. Schlafly beer.
And we're back, and as we uh, do every week, it is time now to bring you Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas news. First story of the day: Kansas sues Toyota Tundra pickup. Pickup wins. <laughs> the state of Kansas can't take a Toyota pickup and $84,000 from a man caught with marijuana because the arresting officer improperly extended a traffic stop to give his police dog, Scooby, time to sniff out the pot, an appellate court judge has decided. The ruling was handed out Friday in a case of the state of Kansas and Gary County Sheriff's Department versus one 2008 Toyota Tundra, $84,000 in currency, and more or less approximately 11.9 grams of marijuana. The truck, money, and marijuana were named as defendants because the case was a civil forfeiture of property, not criminal charges against the driver. Two men were stopped for having a partially obstructed Ohio license plate. The judges reviewed the video and ruled that the sheriff's department had enough information to deal with the violation in the first four minutes of the stop and should have let the men go. Rickard testified he suspected the men were transporting drugs because they said they were going to Las Vegas. He asked the dispatcher to run a full criminal background check. The owner of the truck, Ryan Boyle, challenged the forfeiture as a result of an unconstitutional search. The judge agreed, and the appeals court upheld the ruling. The time it took for dispatch to conduct a criminal history check, which in turn gave Scooby time to conduct a dog sniff, impermissibly extended the duration of the stop. The court ruled. We agree with the district court's conclusion that the seizure that occurred during the dog sniff violated the Fourth Amendment and evidence must be suppressed. I love you, Maggie. <laughs> I smell drugs. <laughs> you know Scooby can smell drugs. Yeah, Shaggy would be all in favor of that. Yeah, sure he would. <laughs> Edibles. That's right. Am I understanding that they, they they were prosecuting the pickup truck? That's right. They were They were going up against the truck itself. And the truck won. Yeah. Well, you know, Herbie's, you know, lifelike enough. Can you imagine you're going to lose your truck in $84,000 because you had 11 grams of marijuana? Yeah, that's was like crazy. Yeah, it seemed insane. Yeah, yeah. Let the guy smoke pot. It's not like it was 100 pounds of marijuana. Yeah, they were obviously not transporting it to sell it. That's, yeah. There's a couple of guys that really like to smoke weed yeah. and have a good time in Vegas. Yeah, and they're driving a 2008 truck. Leave the fellas alone. It's their fault for driving through that godforsaken hellscape. That's true. True enough. Dog's campaign gets off to a rough start, <laughs> as Kansas says, candidate must be a person. What? We talked about a couple of teenagers running for governor in Kansas, sure. and we talked about the possibility of a dog running. Well, it has. Uh, <laughs> Angus, a dog from Hutchinson, Kansas, recently threw his bone into the ring for the state gubernatorial election, oh, according to USA Today. Uh, but Kansas Secretary of State office said Angus will not be allowed for candidacy. Kobach was... You know why they did this, Brendan? Because it would win. Yeah, that's right. Well, frankly, it would have been the best candidate for the position, I would <laughs> yeah, imagine. Yeah, most qualified. Yeah. Uh, dog would not be allowed to officially enter the governor's race since several laws reference that the governor has to be an individual or person. Kansas Director of Elections Brian Caskey said to the Kansas City Star, Terrence Woolley, Angus's owner, told the Hutchinson News that he got the idea for Angus to run after six teenage boys jumped into the race. Kansas currently has no law regulating who can run for office. But the craziest thing is if all the candidates for governor in that state 
the dog is the least likely to eat its own shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think that should be on the campaign billboards. Exactly. (laughs) I thought, hey, why not Angus? He's a good dog, and he's smart, and I think he could provide better leadership than what we've seen the last seven years in our state. Well, I have no doubt about that. (laughs) Governor Brownback versus a dog. That dog wins every time. Yeah, the guy makes a strong case. As for now, the teens are still safe, but Kansas State Rep. Blake Carpenter has introduced a bill that would require candidates for top office to be 18 years or older. Hmm. And no word on how old they have to be in dog years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this could go all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. I, I don't... I, 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 my vote's for the dog. Local family's donkey goes missing. Offers reward. Uh, Tim <laughs> Tecumseh, Kansas, a local family is asking for the public's help in finding the donkey they've had for 20 years after it went missing. Keep in mind, I have to think that this isn't the most valuable piece of property most Kansans would own. Well, Brendan, the crazy thing is, is what the, you probably haven't gotten to the story yet is that it's, they, they, they assume the donkey was stolen because it lived inside the house. Right. So it's not like it just somebody could roll up and get it out of a field. No, that, that's a fair point. Uh, Jane Adams of Tecumseh says she thinks somebody stole him. Uh, she said that they had just installed new electric fence around the property. Kudos for having electricity, uh, which makes wandering off nearly impossible. Adams even offered a $500 reward for his return. Mm. Monetarily, he's not worth that, Adams said. But to us, he's our best friend. I think... And the place we fuck when we're horny. <laughs> so he's worth a lot. If you think you've seen the missing donkey, if you think you've seen the missing donkey, surely there's lots of donkeys running around mm-hmm. free in Kansas. Well, I think at this point it's safe to assume that he's been consumed by prairie dogs. Yeah. Oh, my, you know, it's dangerous out there for yeah. any live creature when a coterie of prairie dogs comes upon you. Mm-hmm. So the poor donkey uh, stands a bad chance. If you think you've seen a missing donkey, if you're not sure, but if you think you have, Adams asks you to contact her at 785-554-8063. So listeners, we want to put that out there. Keep an eye out for a missing donkey, or really any donkey. It's for, for anyone who hasn't been to Kansas before um, and, and doesn't understand the magnitude of their prairie dog issue. It's mm-hmm. like an episode of The Walking Dead, only prairie dogs. <laughs> That's right. You know what, Colin? I just, it just An idea came to me. Folks, why don't we all call them? We, and just give her your thoughts and thoughts and prayers yeah. about this donkey. Yeah, again, that number is 785-554-8063. Call this Kansan and tell them what you think. And you're giving your thoughts and prayers about the missing donkey. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> please, please, please call this woman. <laughs> Good God. No, I think this is a proper thing to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, Colin, it's been an exciting month for uh, Mizzou sports in general. But uh, I don't know where we go from here. It's, it is college basketball season. We're coming up on the tournament. Believe it or not, we could still make the NCAAs. And let's look at where Mizzou stands now after this loss. They're again, they're like their fourth loss in a row. Mizzou's eight and eight in conference play. They're uh, four games off the lead. Like I said, they were tied for third. They're now ugh, like there's a uh, Auburn leads the pack at twelve and four. Then Tennessee's eleven and five. There's a one, two, three, four team tie for third at nine and seven. Then there's us. And Alabama at eight and eight. So we we could finish the season if we win the last two games, ten and eight in conference play, which would be more conference wins than we've had total wins than the last season. Yeah, I think it's important to remember in all of this that um, we had eight wins last year, mm-hmm. and uh, despite the uh, circumstances we find ourselves in now, everyone would take this. Yeah, if you told us mid-season last season that we're going to be uh, floundering in the SEC right now, firmly on the bubble for an NCAA tournament, 
bid with a without Michael Porter with an eight and eight record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the SEC without Michael Porter Jr. You know, everyone been like, yeah, I'll sign up. Yeah. I'll take that right now. But uh, it doesn't make you feel any better in the moment. And, no, uh, and you'd hope that they'd finish strong, which they are not doing. Well, and truthfully, they're to, uh, to, to me, they're to a point where they need to win these last two games. No, well, they, not just to you, to anybody, they yeah. need to win these last two games. Vanderbilt's not a strong team. It is a road game. Uh, you know, we don't look strong. You know, Michael Porter Jr. will have had more than one practice. Mm. They'll have had zero additional minutes of game time practice, though, yeah. for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a chance that maybe we could see him play, actually. And then the final game is here against Arkansas, who's not having a good year themselves. If they even split this next two games, they're going to have to kick ass in the tournament. Yeah. What? Tell me what you think Mizzou Arena is going to be like at Arkansas if Michael Porter Jr. takes the court. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be what everyone hoped for all season long. It'll be a fucking zoo in there, Mm -hmm. as well it should be. And it it has got to add that spark that we desperately need. I mean, if nothing else, even if he plays, you know, a tepid little bit of basketball, it's just going to get everyone so excited. And we've suffered so much from the speculation, will he play or won't he play? Why don't we put him in these final two games and just get everybody jazzed up? Well, and I think... Use it it's to just, our advantage. It's just, it's just going to be important to have another ball handler on the floor. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, and maybe he's... Another option. Obviously, he's not going to play, you know, 35 minutes, you know, the probably. But, you know, if he can just score 10 points a night consistently in these next two games to go along with whether Cassius Robinson is going to put in, mm-hmm. you know, you just... It, it adds another dimension to your offense that we tip, really don't have. I mean, we, we depend on Cassius to have big nights and then everybody else to just chip in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as having consistency from any other player other than Cassius Robinson. We don't have it. You know, Barnett or Purrier can can jump up and have a good night. Jonte can jump up and have a good night. But these guys are not... Guys can even have a yeah, good night. Yeah, but you can't... They, you cannot depend on... The only player on this team you can depend on being an offensive threat night in and night out is Cassius. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, should we... Let's put a scenario out there. Should we win these two games? We'll be 10-8. and eight. That'll put us in a really strong position in the tournament. If we win one game, I think, in the SEC tournament, that, you know will go a long way for our tournament yeah. bid. If we go deep into the tournament, we'll be in great shape. And then we'll yeah. be in the NCAA. What we've always wanted was Michael Porter Jr. to take Missouri to the tournament to play Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, so that could still happen. Yeah. That, yeah. Despite all that's happened, despite the back injury, the surgery, the up and down season, that dream could still I'm gonna, live. I'm kind of interested to see what Conzo has to say about dropping four games. Because when we were dropping the games a little early in the season, he was saying, you know, we got a big win against Tennessee. They were ranked. And we kind of forgot what it took to win. And we kind of got a little bit complacent. Well, what's the explanation this time around? Because I feel like if the complacency is the issue, we should have we should have fixed that. We obviously went on this other winning streak and because we, we got complacent. Well, well, what's the reason this time? Is it complacency again? Did we let ourselves get complacent again? Is that a coaching mm-hmm. uh, error? I just don't understand how a team can be like this. You know, just up and down, up and down, and you just never know what you're going to get. I The one thing I'll say about this basketball team, despite the fact that they've had much more success than uh, Kim Anderson could have dreamed of, um, I never go into a game going, this is going to be a win. This is a, I'm comfortable nope. going, I don't care who it is, if we're, and we're playing them at home. I never am like, oh, this will be a... We're going to just hammer these guys and just move on to the next game. It's, it, that's not what we are. We never get transition baskets. There's no fast breaks. That's another thing that always bothers me. There's one thing that bothers me about this team. It seems like we've had many situations where the shot clock gets down to like five, four, three, two, and we've got to fire up some desperation shot. 
because our offense is just kind and of Nico's giving, Nico's got the ball in his hands. <laughs> but moving around our little picks on the outside, wait for a three, and if the threes aren't there, we got no chance of winning. And tonight we didn't shoot, and no one shot well besides Cassius Robertson. Mm-hmm. And we well, got Kentucky did. Yeah, well, that's true. But we just we got we got to have more than that if we're going to stay in any of these games. We got to have more than one. Well, threat. I think it's worth mentioning too, like with Old Miss and Kentucky tonight. They did shoot the fucking lights out. Yeah. Now a lot of that's, that's probably on our defense, but they did. They they especially in the first half, Kentucky could not miss from the three mm-hmm. point line, and that's hard to, to overcome. To, well, yeah, when you've only got one player who can score on your team. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, it's it's kind of a depressing night, but a lot of possibilities remain. So we're going to stay optimistic to yeah. some degree. I think it's I think it's hard too. You know, especially with a team like Kentucky, who is talented and long, and maybe not having the season they want, but I mean. They're a matchup nightmare when you got when you got a Vandersex and a Geist on the floor. Yeah. You know, like those <laughs> right. guys can't match up with a guy who's long and athletic and 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 extremely talented. Mm-hmm. So take nothing away from those guys, you know, as far as basketball players, but just from a physical tool standpoint, they are at an extinct disadvantage when the guy they're guarding is you know got a wingspan twice as long as theirs and is three inches taller and just basically, you know, got three more stars behind his fucking name when he was recruited. Especially at Rupp Arena, you know, we're yeah. on the road in these games. And so, I, you know, but one thing that can change it all, Michael Porter Jr. himself is long and strong and bound to get the friction on. Yeah, as a, ladies, you know, the, ladies. As Sir Mix-a-Lot would tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know. The they, knowledge Sir Mix-a-Lot brings to, bring to this world, you know. Well, and I think when it comes to hip-hop wisdom. knowledge... Yeah. I believe that's as, that's as, about as uh, current as we get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, folks. We're going to uh, come to you, like I said, we're going to come to you live during the SEC tournament. Maybe we'll come to you sooner than that as news allows. But until then, this has been the Mazodcast. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. The dog is the least likely to eat its own shit.